This is the Timber and Steel Podcast. Here we take on topics ranging from fitness, nutrition, and mindset, and we make them relevant to regular people just like us. So sit back, relax, and I hope you learn something. Good morning, Jenny. Hey, Clayton. How are you today? I'm good. I'm that's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. It is. It's a it's a ugly day out today. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm done. I'm done winter, with this winter. Winter is dragging on for mm-hmm. sure. Oh. I'm trying to be um, thankful for our long winter because it's gonna be great for us this summer, mm-hmm. but that positivity is very low yeah yeah it's uh it's going on way too long um but that reminds me of one of my favorite bands called the long winters and if you've never listened to them you know give them a listen all right you you might you might enjoy them you might not (laughs) anyway um today we're talking about the the plan is to discuss uh normal what is normal and what how what normal is is maybe not where it should be but where it could be talk about raising the bar for normal and i thought a good place to start for that would be defining our terms what is normal what what do you got what do you think how would you define normal jenny you know when we brought this topic up i really thought about what is normal and i don't think there is a normal Mm. i don't really think there is a norm for any of us because it has got mucked up so much throughout the years Mm -hmm. on any topic that it's hard to determine what is a blanket norm to define Mm mm-hmm Okay. What do you think? Um, well, first, I think there should be there should be a normal, mm. whether there is or isn't. Um, I think we often think that normal is a specific, like an average, where I feel that normal is like it's on a continuum and it's within two ranges it's not to the extremes but somewhere in the middle like a like a bell curve like a bell curve right so maybe halfway up the bell curve on one side and halfway up the, halfway down the bell curve on the other side maybe within those ranges would be considered normal um and i i that's kind of how i think about normal it's not a specific thing but like you are going to be able to um move in and out of those ranges and have some flexibility in in how that shows up in your life based on where you are in in the world where you are in your stage of life what your job looks like your time your energy like all those things flex and change um as as we age and as we go through life so being able to have some wiggle room in there and still be normal i think uh it seems reasonable to me. Sure, sure. How does that resonate with you? Yeah, and I think that's what I was referring to is that 
there have we can have extremes on both ends. Mm-hmm. I love the bell curve example. Uh, we can have extreme components on both ends, but it's finding that that middle ground mm-hmm. that gives you wiggle room to go back and forth, whether you flow towards one end of the spectrum versus the other. And where can we find that happy medium place that we can just be synchronized yeah. and feel, quote unquote, normal. Normal. Okay. So we've kind of defined the term. Yeah. Now we're going to apply that term to health and fitness. I mean, that's kind of what the podcast is about. It's what we're going to talk about. Um, so we see a lot of new people come mm-hmm. into this gym um, and we help them on their, on their journey. Um, you coach them. I coach some of them on like percentage wise. How many of those people are, do you think come in the door in a, like a solid middle of the, like a good state of, of health and fitness? Well, that's why they come to us is because yeah. they're maybe on that lower end of mm-hmm. that. Um, what what term did you just use? I'm sorry. I I don't remember. You didn't use a term, but you used a phrase. Um, anyway, within that that range of like health and having a solid foundation, foundation, you said a foundation. Yeah. I would say uh, we would go on the. On the lower end. On the lower of, end, yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree that predominantly the, the people that we get coming in through the door are are that way. Um, and I would say that the mo- like I think the the average age of our people in our gym is over forty. Um, yeah. so that means we've got people that have spent maybe most of their life being out of shape, not having that solid foundation of, of health and fitness. Um, and so that's, I think where I want to kind of take as our leap off point here is that here we want to get within these normal ranges of what we defined as normal. Like here's something, um, here's what maybe the majority of the people have what they do, where can we, where, and that seems to be the standard of, of how people are living. Um, and I think it's okay to expect more of ourselves and to, like to do more with ourselves and not settle for this lower level of health and fitness. Like there's, there's no reason for it. We should, we should raise the standard. So that's, um, what's, yeah, you're writing notes down. What are you, what are you thinking? Well, you know, a lot of times when people come in here and they do have that lower standard, they want to change that. Yeah. And then they walk through these doors and I think they get a little surprised about themselves, mm-hmm. whether it's, wow, this is really hard. And then there comes that dose of shame and regret that we try to shift. Yeah. And what I wrote down is one of our phrases we say all the time to clients is, you can do hard things. Yeah. And it's really starting with shifting that mindset Mm -hmm. of sometimes the term CrossFit is scary to people. And when other people hear that they're doing CrossFit, they can sometimes get uh, comments about it. Yeah. So it's 
I try to get them to understand that there's modifications and scalings on getting them to feel comfortable in that uncomfortable spot Mm -hmm. to start to shift that bar on what their new lifestyle is going to be. Yeah. And that's awesome. Awesome. And I think that, that there can be a lot of shame with, with that. And we try to obviously not to, to add to that. Um, and we then, that's what we're here for is like guide people to this new level of health and fitness that we think should probably be the, the normal range. And we have lots of like a huge range of people that attend our gym with various levels of fitness, but they're all like, they all have the behaviors of things that are like, they're working toward behaviors that are going to have that lifelong change effect. So, um, I thought it would be good to like, if, if we're going to have like saying that this level of health and fitness isn't a fixed point, isn't a thing you have to achieve, but maybe this, we can think about this normal as a series of behaviors that if we try to incorporate those will more than likely get us to a point where we have a higher, higher than average because the average in America is pretty poor for health. Um, make that the new normal. Um, what, I mean, I've got a list of these behaviors that I think are super important, but um, a lot of them people just ignore. So mm-hmm. let's uh, let's go through a, a list and see if we can kind of set maybe a standard for people. Like, hey, this is what you're currently doing. Aim for this in the way of healthy behaviors. Yeah. What's one of the top top ones that come to your brain on your uh, list? Sleep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, like that. Uh, it, it's so huge. Um, so somewhere between seven and eight, maybe nine hours is really like what the body and brain needs to run at peak capacity. Well, everything that we get from sleep, we're not going to get it if we don't get yeah. seven to eight hours. Mm-hmm. I, as a person that sometimes struggles to sleep some nights, like I can understand that that's easier said than said than done. And um, this is where some, we talked about uh, last time we talked about our, in our episode about stress, like how kind of finished with how all these things are, these things are kind of intermingled and one thing affects another thing. So I think as we go through this list of what these behaviors should be, some of these improving some of them would help our ability to sleep a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, but the biggest thing that I, I see, I think two, two things is that one, one is the stress thing that people have too much stress in their lives and it keeps them awake at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's like all different kinds of stress, but I think that that's a thing that incorporates that. Um, but that we can talk about, we already talked about that, right? We can talk about that a little bit more if we need to, but the the other thing is that people don't allow themselves enough time in bed to get seven to eight hours. Like, oh, I went to bed at midnight. I'm going to get up at five in the morning to get ready for my day. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you were only allowing yourself at max five hours. And there's no way you're going to fall asleep instantly, sleep seamlessly for those five hours and get up. Yeah. Like, even then, it's still only five hours. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to try to get eight, 
knowing that you have sleep cycles, like you're probably going to wake up a couple times in the night. You're not going to fall asleep instantly. You need to be in bed for maybe nine hours to get eight hours. And we hear that a lot that I don't have time to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I think this is also where social media and trying to shut down before you go to bed. And we've talked about that before that this is a key to it is that it's kind of become just a standard Mm -hmm. that you finish your day on your phone Mm -hmm. and you start your day on your phone. Yeah. And that impacts all that quality of sleep Mm -hmm. because that's where you were quantity and quality. And without that quality of sleep, the engine's not going to run. Yeah. Yep. Um, we got the, the physical stuff that helps with our body and just recovery and, and whatnot. And if you're not even training, then like that recovery part isn't going to be as important, yeah. but it's still super important. But then there's the whole, the mental side of what I'm, I'm not even, ex, I'm not a brain expert, but I know there's a whole lot that goes on inside your brain as it like during those sleep cycles and mm-hmm. that you need to have them. Your mental clarity is like, so much better mm-hmm. and greatly inhibited when you don't get enough sleep. And so I think that aiming for eight hours is great. I aim for seven and a half. Every time I try to, every time I try to get eight or I do get eight, I feel a little groggy. Like it's a little bit too much for me. And so I said that like there was this range of like yeah, seven yep. to, to nine, everyone's gonna be a little bit different. I found that seven and a half is great for me. So if I'm in bed, for I don't sleep well, like I, like I mentioned. So if I'm in bed, giving myself nine hours potentially in bed, there's a good chance I will get close to my my seven and a half. But um, but that's kind of what works works well for me. But it's super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that could be a standard somewhere in there, and then starting with making sure that you give yourself those nine hours or whatever you need to try to get that much sleep. So that if for practical reasons or explanation, if you have to get up at six, then that means your bedtime has to be what nine? Nine. Nine. You have to be in bed, lights out, yep. eyes closed, yep. ready to go to sleep. At, it's not. Oh, I'm crawling in bed, and now I'm going to look at my phone for another hour. I'm going to read for another hour. Like if you want to do that stuff, then you need to be in bed before nine to to do that stuff. Sure. So. Um, and then that trickles all the way down to the rest of the behaviors throughout the day of how do we set ourselves up f- for that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't want this podcast to go on super long forever, but there's so much we could dig in here about things that are culturally like pressures that we have yeah. that are maybe not great in the way of a standard for normal um, that get us to the point where we can't go to bed at a regular time. Yeah. I meet so many people that work more than the an eight hour day more more than forty hours in a week, and they take their work home with them mm-hmm. and like there's something in our culture about having to do more work more for whatever the reason is i mean usually like most people give a job so that they have money to buy and do things um but like, is 
the trade-off of working more means that you're going to be less healthy because you're not getting enough sleep and you're overly stressed about that. And like, then your life, your, your quality of life like suffers, right? You just think, oh, see the snowball here that you end up like, what are you, what are you living? What are you working for? If your life ends up being like just work. And I think, what you're getting to as well is that when we do have people that are starting to set boundaries yeah. about leaving their work at work to shut it down mm -hmm. so that they can have that quality of life and do all the things, including sleep, that's a newer thing that I think our age group and even... It, it's a different flip because mm -hmm. we were taught you, you work. Yeah. And I think some of us are starting to pause and say, that is not what my life is all about. Yeah. So it's hard to be some of this, the fire starters of, yeah. I'm going to set this boundary yeah. so that I can take care of myself and do these other things to go back to our main topic of what is the norm? Yeah. on health, fitness, and wellness. Yeah. The norm shouldn't be working yourself to death. No. Like, that's life. The norm should be doing things that are going to make your quality of life better. Right. And quality of life is a whole lot of things, not oh, yeah. just the money that you make and the things that you can you can buy. But let's not belabor that point anymore. I'm, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, have, I have a soapbox about that. Um, so let's, uh, what's another thing? So we talked about sleep. What's another behavior? Um, that's I think. Uh, well, let's let's add movement. Yeah. To the list. Love it. Yeah. I mean, it. What? What should? What do you think the current normal is, and where should it be? Oh, um, I think the current. You know, I don't know what the normal standard is. I think it's hard for me to, I see a lot of people who make comments to me about, I don't know how you do this. I don't mm -hmm. know how you work out every day. Mm -hmm. I, I don't work out every yeah. day. Yeah. I have a base standard for myself mm -hmm. on what do I need to do? And I look at it as a course of a week mm -hmm. so that I know that I feel good. Yeah. And that makes everything, quality mm -hmm. of life, sleep, all of those things, work balance for me to feel good. Yeah. So yeah. I, I aim for three to five times in the gym, mm -hmm. but then I'm also, if I'm not in the gym, I'm doing some other type of movement, a gentle walk, walking yeah. my dogs, something. Yeah. So being purposeful with yes. movement. I mean, yes. we all have like our getting up from the couch to go get a beer mm -hmm. movement <laughs> like that's uh that's not what we're talking about no. um yeah i think that i think that you're right that um i, I don't know exactly what the the normal is yeah. but i know that most people do not have a movement practice no. a thing that that they do with intention on a daily or like you were talking about a weekly standard of of normal and um I think that that would be a great place to start. There's a lot of different kinds of movement that people sure. could, could do. And we're partial to, you know, full range of motion, 
functional movements, high intensity sorts of workouts, but also like do yoga and go for walks and go for runs and like all mix all those things in. But, but I think that a good standard for people is that they have a movement practice of I'd say a minimum, we have ranges, right? Maybe yeah. a minimum of 30 minutes. Yes. At least four days a week. Yes. So then we have more days, there's seven days during the week. If we're act, purposefully active, four of them, we're being active on more days, purposefully active on more days than we're not. And that would be a good place to start. Even if that is just going for a walk for half an hour, like that'd be better than a lot of people do. On the other end of the spectrum, like there's like training in the gym, doing all the things, you know, six or seven days a week. People do that. I don't think that's healthy either on the, on the full extreme. Um, but somewhere in, in the middle of there, I think would be, would be great. Um, but I think I would, and on one hand, like, I think that's awesome to get people moving and that's, we have to start there. Yeah. But also like I personally and this is just my my belief that the standard should be higher than just walking for a half an hour yeah four days a week like that is that's better than nothing but it is really not going to improve your quality of life that much so um, i would like i mean even if people don't move through like do do what we do and do a lot of high intensity but i think that there should be some strength training, lifting some resistance training to maintain muscle mass. There should be an emphasis on moving your body through full ranges of motion. So you maintain your mobility and your strength as we age things that are really going to improve our you know, quality of life. And what's going on in my head is I know like I, when some people hear this, they're like, well, I, I can't, I can't. We hear that so much. But they can. They can. Um, but it's building, yeah. breaking some of those societal components. Mm-hmm. And that's what you and I love doing yeah. is trying to break down some of that thought process on, okay, maybe maybe th- the first three weeks walking is where we're going to start. Mm-hmm. But after that point, we're going to continue to build on that. Yeah. And yours is your plan's going to be different than mine and mm-hmm. everybody's going to be different but it's never something that needs to be continuously set in stone yeah like it should mm-hmm. be in sand that moves and flows yeah. with everything mm-hmm. and i think that's where we get back to that shame and guilt yeah of that um this is what the social norm society says mm-hmm. and i'm not meeting it so yeah. then we see where people stop. And yeah. that's what you and I love to, why we love to have people go, okay, so we will start with some air squatting to a high box. Yeah. And then... We take that, like, let's do, let's sit down and stand up to this box five times yeah. and let's walk over to the other side of the gym yeah. and pick up something a couple times and then walk back and sit to the box. Like we're starting somewhere Yes, and it doesn't have to be incredibly intense right but we're moving toward that better movement practice where we're doing things doing this category of things that we care about like lifting something moving our body through full range of motion and trying to be active 
at least four days a week. It doesn't even have to be four days in the gym, but yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that um, that that would be a per, like somewhere within those ranges. Mm-hmm. Like that makes makes sense. Mm-hmm. On the other end of this, we have the internet fitness influencers. And they are trying to sell whatever they're doing. And they have set this this aspirational sort of, hey, look at me. Look at what I do. Look at how I look. And they're equating aesthetics, how they look, with actual health and fitness, which those two things aren't the same. Correct. Um, and so we have, like, what should be a standard that is... is reachable like we were just saying that like it might be it's going to be hard and we have to start somewhere and work our way up but it is achievable to be do a little weight lift lifting of something a little strength training move your body through full ranges of motion do that for three to four times a week be be active three to four times a week doing that that's achievable yeah this thing that we're seeing on on the internet where everyone's a fitness expert and a like is not reasonable it is not sustainable and it piles on that shame and stuff so that's what but that's what people are seeing because they're seeing those things if if they're on social media at all great for the people that just aren't on there at all good good for them okay that's awesome um but like those images and those messages hundreds of times a day and we're trying to combat that right And that's, that's not okay. Like those, I, I want those people to raise their standard to be like in, in, in a way that's like thinking more of long-term health and fitness and quality of life rather than, Oh, you got to look like me. You got to get in the gym. You got to get in the gym. You got to, we were talking about this guy the other day that was on social media, the guy that yells at you to get, get oh, in yeah, the gym yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah. spits out water. If you're just at it anyway, yeah. <laughs> weird, weird guy. Anyway. Um, Yeah thoughts well that's one of the reasons why i wanted to become a coach was to help break some of those standards down Mm -hmm. because i think we we do get wrapped into it and then they seem they make it seem so achievable but then you start out and you're so much lower than that that there comes all that shame again so when we get new clients that come in here, it's showing them what is going to be, what is great for you and what is going to be the standard for you. Mm-hmm. And that is when I see clients realize how much they have changed. I actually just had this conversation last night while I was coaching we have one member who could not do hollow rocks when she started. Mm-hmm. She could not get it coordinated. Last night she did the whole workout doing hollow rocks. Awesome. And she said, I could not do that six months ago. I didn't think I could ever do this. She was so proud of herself. That's so cool. It was so cool to see her know how much strength she has gained. Mm-hmm. But where that crossed over, she has not had back pain in almost five months. Sweet. Yeah. Quality of life improvement. Quality of life improvement. (laughs) And that is what I reminded her about is that that's, there was your goal coming in. Does she have a six pack? No. (laughs) 
and I don't mean that against her. Yeah, but yeah, like, no, no. But okay, it's not she's a necessary. Human. It's a normal human being that yeah. can use this stuff to improve, like to remove back pain. Yeah, right. That's huge. And it was back pain that she didn't even realize she had mm-hmm. until she started moving with us and realizing different components to her body. And now she's like, she didn't even recognize back pain. Yeah. And now she's back pain free. And moving better at work. Mm-hmm. And her and her fiance are out doing outdoor activities that they yeah. didn't think they could do. That's awesome. Whoa. Yeah. Quality of life shift. Yeah. And talk about like raising the standard of normal. Yeah. Back pain, it shouldn't be normal. No. I, I mean, I've heard that story countless times over the years of doing this as a, as a coach. And like that is not normal. That is not okay. Mm-hmm. You sh- you should have a higher standard for yourself. You shouldn't be just feeling like, oh, I'm stuck with back pain. Like I feel that there's a lot of that. Like oh, this is just how it is. This is all that I. This is what my life looks like yeah. from now. And I, I'm gonna tell you, listener out there, like you can expect more. You can ask more for your life, and it's okay. Yeah. You can have more. Yeah. That's for sure. Okay. Um, so we will kind of talk about a little bit what maybe ranges that we thought would be a good standard. Mm-hmm. The standard that the internet superstars are putting out there is not a healthy standard and it should not be the standard. Um, and they are a blight on the planet in, in my opinion. I'm sure some of them are nice people. They're just. They're di- they're built different. They, they are maybe missing the point. Yeah. Um, all right. What else? You you that one was um, a big one, and this we had this we discussed this some of this in staff meeting the yes. other day. Nutrition. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness! This is like there's three topics that you don't want to talk with people about: <laughs> politics, religion, and nutrition, because yeah. everyone yeah. has a camp, and they have, and so much of it is based around belief, and not about science. Um, and then there's, and then there's all kinds of other stuff, but, and then beliefs can lead us down a whole path of things, right. That then get us messed up and it's like sometimes harder to get out of and, and fix that, which is same thing with religion and politics. Like it's, it, there, there's a reason there's that saying about not talking about those three things. So without like, we were talking about in staff meeting the other day about kind of defining our first principles about nutrition here at the gym. And one of them is that we're diet agnostic. Like we don't, there's no one right diet. There's no like the one ring in Lord of the Rings to rule them all. There's no one <laughs> diet to rule them all, but we are trying to come up with some things that are timeless truths that, that we feel are important. Um, so uh, I'm going to throw some things out there that I think are probably timeless things that, they're a little bit different, maybe maybe more specific than the the um, first principles that we came up with as as a team, but um, I think avoiding not at all costs like anything. This is one of our first principles that anything can f- be can fit into a healthy diet. Yes, is it dose the amount that you eat of those things matter? But I think trying to limit the amount of like overly refined fast food convenience store type foods in your in your life would probably be a good place to start i mean maybe not to start but that like that that could be on the, on the list of a standard like yeah if we generally don't eat those sorts of things yeah that's going to be probably a, a good thing if 
doesn't mean you can't ever. I've been to McDonald's in the last year. Doesn't mean you can't ever eat that stuff. But it's like I don't. I don't live there. Right. Right. What else you got? I got all kinds of things. I was gonna. What do you do? You have one? Uh, our 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 place where we're at with nutrition is different for a, a whole big reason. Yeah. But we don't need to just talk about that today. But no. Um, so your thoughts about this is going to be are going to be different than mine. Yeah. Um, I think uh, to to piggyback off of that one, the other one we talked about it is there's it's not an all or nothing. Yeah. And that's something that I really strive to encourage people with is that it's not an all or nothing mm-hmm. when it comes to nutrition because that again this word is just going to keep coming up for us is that shame concept. Yeah. And that's where we see people get into trouble. Mm-hmm. And so in, like, I hate the word fall off the wagon, but like they shame themselves so much that then they don't go back to their basics yeah. of trying to fuel their body in mm-hmm. a good way. Yeah. I think that, um, the, the idea of there being a wagon is like, hey, there's, there's this back to the, there's this one way of doing yeah. a thing, the all or nothing sort of thing. Um, so I think that that like changing, trying to change that mindset is yeah. is challenging. Yeah. So if if there wasn't a wagon, there's like here's the specific thing you can do. What are some things that would be good rules of thumb that are going to raise the bar for most people? One like don't don't live off of junk food. Mm-hmm. I would say if. If you could try to get a fruit or a vegetable in at every meal, mm-hmm. I'm not saying a certain amount of or anything, but just mm-hmm. work in some more fruits and vegetables in your life. And I think like a serving of one of those at every meal, like mm-hmm. three times a day, I think is it's going to be challenging for some people. Yeah. But I don't think it's asking too much. I don't think it's too restrictive or too like, I think that's a good, a good normal. Yeah. And to go with that, some protein. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Why do we want protein? Oh, protein is so good and healing for <laughs> your body. So, it's delicious. Yeah. But again, we're not going to go into the weeds of even what type of protein. No. But no. just to see a little bit of that protein added to those fruits and vegetables. Yeah. It, yeah. And to not go down the, the protein rabbit hole too much, but it, it's important. Yeah. Because and tying into some of the other things, we just talked, finished talking about movement. The if as we start moving more and more and maybe doing more and more strenuous movement to increase our health and fitness, like our muscles get damaged. That's 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 yes. the word that's used in the process. Yeah. They they remodel, they rebuild at night when we sleep. Again, oh. why sleep's important, what? but. They have to have the resources, the building blocks, the bricks to building the, the rebuilding the the wall of your muscle. Um, those bricks, those res- the resources that it needs is is protein. So we have to eat enough protein to be able to have those muscles rebuild and if maybe rebuild stronger and better and more over time. But so we got to eat the protein. Gotta we got to move. We got to get the sleep to have mm-hmm. all that happen. Again, all these things are kind of coming together yeah yeah um so we got protein we got to try to get some fruits and vegetables yep. throughout the day yep. don't live off of uh junkity junk food yep and how about we wash it down with some 
good old quality H2O. Yeah. I would think that would be great. I would, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm fine with that. There we go. If, if most people, I mean, if everyone, sure, in a perfect world, if everyone did that, ate an adequate amount of protein, whatever, I mean, we won't even define adequate. People are eating protein at every meal. Yes. And eating fruits, fruits and vegetables at every meal. Or fruit or a vegetable, some like throughout the day. Where do you think, like a lot of the nutritional based like illnesses and stuff that we have, like how much would that transform how our our the world looks? So much, and you know, uh, my other job is in the medical field. I work yeah. in the hospital, and so much would start to shift a little bit. Yeah. There's so many components that are uh, nutritional, fuel-based, that I think if we did see that bar shift a little bit, we would, that norm would shift with it. Yeah. I mean, all of, I mean, so many of the chronic diseases, so many of the things that, I mean, the mistricals just are nutrition nutrition-based like there's something about the way that we eat as a society that is just not not great yeah. not not even good not really not passable um and so i mean and then think about like as you're you're in that system but i think about okay the the load that that puts on the the medical system of dealing with these chronic diseases yes. that are because of poor nutrition ultimately that then strains the system so much mm-hmm. that you can't maybe service like emergencies or stuff as as well as as we could we spend a lot of resources dealing with these kind of chronic illnesses yeah. um and then like from person that's not in the system but you know i pay for insurance yeah like because my insurance is like those premiums pay for everybody else's services they're going into the hospital all the time because they have these chronic nutrition related illnesses like if they didn't have those all of our insurance premiums would probably go down right yeah like i mean it's it's systemic and it's as simple as i think i mean i really do believe that 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 simple little standard which is a huge improvement like Mm -hmm. that is raising the bar a lot Mm -hmm. for a lot of people but if like eating some protein at every meal trying to get a fruit or a vegetable at every meal limiting Limiting the, like, don't live on fast food. Yep. Well, if you're doing those other two things, you're not living on fast food. Right, like, it's right. necessarily, but mm-hmm. I think it's worth stating that those things are, are a problem. And then, um, yeah, drink, drinking some water. Yeah. Drink drink a good, like, 12, 12 ounces of water with, with every meal. And, like, huge difference in the health of our country if that's all we did. and we didn't like we didn't define any diet here no, we didn't nope. say any names of nope. anything we didn't say you got to nope. follow this prescription of this quantity of these sorts of things just that that simple without getting into the weeds and getting all like anal retentive about counting things yeah no Mm-mm. can make it like mm-hmm. so much difference cool yeah i'm excited about that it's not going to happen, but I'm like, I'm excited. To like that. It's, it's that simple. Simple doesn't mean easy. I, I know that yeah. for oh, sure. Yeah. But, um, but yeah. Okay. Uh, so we talked about sleep. Yep. Movement. Mm-hmm. Nutrition. We touched on water a little bit there. And that, is there any other 
things are like, hey, this is going to be like we should raise the standard for normal for health and fitness through these behaviors. I mean, this is, I think, with those three things combined, that's when we're going to also see the impacts on our mental wellness. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to a little bit more about, about that. So, you know, we've been bringing up some of these terms and, you know, even I, when you were talking about that chronic illness, I see some of the mental wellness of some of my patients in the Mm -hmm. hospital who are, they're hurting Mm -hmm. and it's not just hurting their body. And like we, we both know like there's genetics, we get illnesses for multiple reasons. It's no, like it's not necessarily somebody's fault that they have a chronic illness, but that base Mm -hmm. norm could influence those. And people get so lost in the weeds and they don't know how to pick up those norms. And then we see their mental wellness go down. Yeah. And I think if we could somehow add mental wellness as part of our societal norm on how do we take care of ourselves and each other better, Mm. giving each other space and giving, asking permission, does somebody have space? Mm -hmm. Um, We talked about this during stress, like giving yourself quiet time. Mm -hmm. Maybe that quiet time is as you're getting into bed so that you can get those nine hours of rest. But and when I say mental wellness, too, it could be what's what's your um, how do you get some of that out? Is that part of your movement? Yeah. So they all start to intertwine. But I think, you know, we talk about anxiety, depression, um, ADHD, all these different aspects Mm -hmm. that start to impact our mental wellness. And I think if we added that on, how can we support that as a norm Mm -hmm. on what good mental wellness and that, that's a whole other topic that will go down another time. But I think if we added that to support each other and ourselves, we would raise our overall health. Yeah. I agree. And that, I mean, I don't like, I mean, I, I'm fine tooting our horn here at, at Timber and Steel. I think we're a pretty good gym. But one of our first principles, I mean, nutrition is one. Yep. Movement is one. Reducing stress is one. We had a whole episode on stress. But the, one of the ones that we don't talk about a lot is relationships. As one of our first principles is fostering quality relationships with good people that are going to, like support you and care for you and give you like the help that you need. Mm -hmm. And so many people, like, I mean, I've interacted with enough people that like, there's so much politics and drama going on in their work that they, like they get trained that that's how you interact with everyone. And like, there's so much division in our country with you just social issues which crosses crosses over into political issues and like we just see so much road rage and like there's there's so much out there where people are just being poopy humans to each other <laughs> and it's like that wears on us that adds to our stress that definitely impacts our mental health and our outlook on life and our mindset and all of that stuff so developing good quality relationships with another good quality human 
um, is so important. Yeah. And like that may seem like, oh, that's just kind of fluff, but that those feeling that like a quality relationship with another human being Mm -hmm. can change, literally can change the, like the chemicals that are released in your brain, which will change how you feel and how you look at life and like change some of that fight or flight. If you know you have a safe place to be mm-hmm. like that's give you a place to put your guard down and de-stress. And it's, it's so huge. It's and I mean, this is, this is an area that's both top on both of our lists mm-hmm. of you and I have both done so much work on ourselves for other people that um, we could We'll, we'll go another day on all those channels, but you really what it gets down to when we're talking about all four of these things and you're saying it too, it's, it's that quality mm-hmm. over quantity. Yeah. And I mean, think of when we were young kids about some of these relationships, like you have to have lots of friends. Yeah. How many followers do you have on social media? Yeah. And, but at the end of the day, Where's that quality and having good relationships with other good humans. And that's what we, one thing that this is a nice quiet space for people to come in and feel safe Mm -hmm. and not have to worry about those for one hour here. Or if you're doing your 30 minute movement, try to get away from those things. But it's pretty uh, different concept that not everybody thinks yeah. about but yeah. it's critical yeah for our overall wellness yeah so we just i think that kind of sums up like it covers yeah. the bases we didn't define any specific things that anyone needed to do nope. for what normal is nope. we kind of say this is the direction that you should be moving toward a trajectory if you will for mm-hmm. toward a range that is that is normal um there's no like you have to do this sort of workout. You have to have these many, these many visible abs. You don't like, you don't have to be able to lift a certain amount or like none of those things are nor like defines normal and are healthy sorts of things. But looking at this at a, from a behavioral standpoint, what are the things that I'm doing that are taking me one step forward to being a healthier and fit person? And I think the things that we covered We'll review them one more time. We've got sleep, mm-hmm. movement, mm-hmm. nutrition, mm-hmm. mental wellness. Mental wellness. Boom. All all very good things. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Jenny. All right. I'll see you soon. Okay. Okay.